0: You're listening to Life and Health Matters with Dr. Shekib, and this is your host, Momak Shekib. This episode has to do with the subject depression. Depression is a lot more prevalent these days than ever before, and unfortunately, it's a sign and symptom of something else that is now becoming a diagnosis by itself. So as I was preparing for this episode, I came across some really interesting facts And statistics that I'm going to share with you, if you have any questions or comments, please make sure you forward them via email to drspodcastshow at gmail.com. I'll make sure I put the information in the show notes. And so with no further ado, here is the episode on depression. All right, let's talk about depression Many people think that depression is actually a chemical imbalance in the brain. This chemical imbalance theory, and yes, it is a theory, was widely promoted by drug companies and psychiatrists, unfortunately, to the extent that it's accepted as a fact now. The theory was first proposed by scientists in the 60s after it appeared that certain antidepressant drugs worked by altering brain chemicals. But it was stated that the findings are inconclusive. This is in the 60s. So, inconclusive, yet the theory was proposed at a time when treating a mental illness via psychoanalysis was falling out of favor. So Steve Hyman, director of Stanley Center for Psychiatric Research at the Broad Institute of uh, MIT and Harvard said, It's not hard to see why the theory caught on. It suited psychiatrists' newfound attempt to create a system of mental health that mirrored diagnostic models used in other fields of medicine. The focus on a clear biological cause of depression gave practicing physicians an easily understandable theory to tell patients how their disease was being Treated, So a theory became a fact, and now it's being passed around like that's now just the case of biology having gone wrong. So Prozac, Zoloft, basically market on the chemical imbalance theory for depression to the mainstream. The release of antidepressant Prozac in the 80s was a game changer for depression treatment in that the drugs maker Eli Lilly heavily promoted the chemical balance theory as a marketing gimmick to sell the drug. With fewer side effects than some of the earlier antidepressants, Prozac became the blockbuster drug and the poster child of what's called selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, SSRI class of antidepressants. Basically, what SSRI does is it targets the neurotransmitter serotonin. Listen, it targets the neurotransmitter serotonin, the happy hormone. SSRI works by preventing the reuptake of the neurotransmitter serotonin. Reuptake means moving back into the nerve endings. So basically, it stops it from going back into the nerve ending. Psychology today states that there was, of course, no demonstrable, demonstrable evidence showing that depressed patients had any imbalance, but Eli Lilly ran with it. Before long, psychiatrists and psychiatric patients alike came to identify with the idea that mental disorders are caused by the chemical imbalance. Now, Zoloft is another SSRI with a television ad that goes saying, while the causes are unknown, depression may be related to an imbalance of natural chemicals between nerve cells in the brain. Prescription Zoloft works to correct this imbalance. So once again, through media, they basically introduce something new and run with it. So let's explore SSRI, since both Zoloft and Prozac are SSRI. Just like I said before, SSRI works by preventing the reuptake, meaning moving back into the nerve endings of the neurotransmitter serotonin. This makes more serotonin available for use in the brain, which is thought to promote or improve, basically, your mood because low serotonin is said to lead to depression. But, and that's a big but, in the Handbook of Experimental Pharmacology, it's largely disproven. So it says, antidepressants are supposed to work by fixing a chemical imbalance, specifically a lack of serotonin in the brain. Indeed, their supposed effectiveness is the primary evidence for the chemical imbalance theory. But analysis of the published data and the unpublished data that were hidden by the drug companies revealed that most, if not all, of the benefits are due to the placebo effect. Some antidepressants increase serotonin levels, some decrease it, and some have no effect at all on serotonin. The serotonin theory is as close to any theory in the history of science having been proven wrong. And this was in the Handbook of Experimental Pharmacology. You hear this? It's just a scam. According to Harvard, depression has to do with it's basically more complex than a brain chemical imbalance. It's quite possible that people who are depressed may have an imbalance of certain chemicals in their brain, but to speculate that the imbalance is the cause of their symptoms is oversimplifying, forceness. We know that psychological stress can cause biological changes in the brain, decreasing the size of what's called hippocampus which is used for learning and memory. We know that some people with depression have a smaller-than-average hippocampus. Even Harvard Medical School acknowledges that while brain chemicals may play a role in your mood, it's not accurate to suggest that one being too high or too low is at the root of depression. So they go on to say, quote, Research suggests that depression doesn't spring from, this, from simply having too much or too little of certain brain chemicals. Rather, there are many possible causes of depression, including faulty mood regulation by the brain, genetic vulnerability, stressful life events, medications, and medical problems. It's believed that several of these forces interact to bring on depression. There are millions, even billions of chemical reactions that make up the dynamic system that is responsible for your mood, perception, and how you experience life. Quote, closed. One theory is that stress could be a major contributor to depression because it decreases the production of new neurons in the hippocampus. So, if it was the neurotransmitters, then people taking antidepressants would feel the improvement right away, but they don't. That's the problem. That's because it's not the neurotransmitter that are impacted, but the neurons. Well, exercise has the same impact, only with no side effects. The sad thing is that once you think you have a chemical imbalance, you give in to take meds forever. And that 100% is the case. Lifelong customer of a drug company, or any business for that matter, is a dream come true for that company. Who cares what the side effects are, I guess? That's Anya. In 2014, there was a study that was published in behavior research and therapy Behavioral Research and Therapy, and it revealed that attributing depressive depressive symptoms to a chemical imbalance made people more pessimistic about their prognosis and led them to believe that drugs would be more effective than psychotherapy. At the same time, they still felt the same amount of self-blame. It's important to note that feeling depressed is not anyone's fault nor should they feel blamed or be ashamed of their feelings. So pinning its cause on a chemical imbalance is likely to worsen outcomes rather than improve them. It's a vicious cycle because the chemical imbalance theory makes people assume that medications are the best course of treatment. Here again, research has shown that people with depression who are treated with medication have poor long-term outcomes compared to those who are not. The problem here is we are a society of uh, people with zero patience, and we want things done yesterday. So we sacrifice what it takes to fix the problem for the immediate gratification and satisfaction. Of course, when you're feeling depressed, It's not so much gratification, like um, I don't know, you're you're eating an ice cream. I get it, but you got to look at long term, not what's in front of you. Antidepressants work no better than placebo. That's crazy. How is it that that's the case, and still there are so many people who aren't on antidepressive medication? Close to seven percent of U.S. adults and 350 million people worldwide have depression. It's the leading cause of disability. How about that? Irving Kirsch, Associate Director of the Program in Placebo Studies at Harvard Medical School, has conducted meta-analysis of antidepressants in comparison to placebo, and concluded that there is virtually no difference in their effectiveness. He says, quote, The difference is so small, it's not of any clinical importance. What's different, however, is the potential for side effects, which is far larger among antidepressants than placebos. For instance, antidepressant users have an increased re- risk of developing type 2 di- diabetes, even after adjusting for other risk factors like body mass index, that's still higher. Antidepressant use has also been linked to thicker arteries, which could contribute to the risk of heart disease and stroke specifically for users of tricyclic antidepressants, which is about 36% increased risk of heart attack in those. Then there is the um, link to dementia, which researchers with the dose uh, uh, increase, they say that when there's a dose increase, there is an increase in the risk factor. These drugs also cause a decrease in coenzyme Q and B12 vitamin. And in case of tricyclic uh, antidepressants, that's the case. They're needed uh, for... Proper mitochondrial function, both CoQ10 and B12, mitochondrial function. So mitochondria is that energy fa- um, factory. So it impacts the energy-producing units of our cells. SSRI also decreases iodine and folate. Iodine is important for thyroid Cognitive function plays a role in fibrocystic breast, treating infection, bone health, and gosh, so much more. Folate is a B vitamin which is needed to make red and white blood cells in the bone marrow, convert carbohydrates to energy, produce DNA and RNA, It's super important to have enough of it during periods of rapid growth like pregnancy, infancy, and adolescence. Of course, we all know how quickly they uh, give antidepressive medications to adolescents and even young children, even though the side effect of those is, unfortunately, suicide. So what are the alternative treatments? If you are understanding that antidepressive medications are just as good as placebo, then why are people taking it? Well, I mean, honestly, when people are are depressed, um, for one, we're very quick at labeling ourselves. We're very quick at assuming depression is because of the chemical imbalance. We go in and we take them as an... We start feeling better, and then we freak out because it's no fun to be depressed. So even if there is a slight improvement, and then there is basically it stops working, then we uh, we're afraid to go off of it. So what are the alternatives? If it were me, and I was on medication, and I'm not making any recommendation here, and you should never, ever... Play with psychiatric medications because that's not playing even with the book of matches. That's like playing with dynamite. So you should never, ever go off of it just by your, by, you know, on your own. You got to go to your prescriptor- uh, the doctor that give, gave you the medication for it and under his or her supervision, go off of the meds. So the number one thing is the exercise. 44%. Those who didn't exercise were 44% more likely to become depressed compared to the ones who did after two hours a week, of, one to two hours a week of exercise. Then there is light therapy, which alone and placebo were both more effective than Prozac for the treatment of moderate to severe depression in an eight week long study. Omega 3 fats, which have been shown to lead. To improvements in major depressive disorders is another uh, thing to uh, address. Make sure you're getting enough omega-3 in your diet, either from wild Alaskan salmon is a good one, wild Alaskan fish in general has less contamination, so that's why you hear about wild Alaskan sardines, herring, mackerel, and anchovies, or a high-quality animal-based omega-3 supplement. (sighs) I mean, our foods are no longer safe, if you think about it. So do your very best to go to the natural uh, sources of uh, these things. Um, Less contamination is always good. Mercury is never good. So I personally am very leery about taking uh, seafood of any kind. You know, all of my animal-based products come from uh, ranchers and farmers that um, I know, uh, and there are plenty of them, belong to your local Facebook groups where you can see you know, who's doing whom or what, and you can actually go visit the farms. So you're thinking, heck, who's got time? I get it. What, what exactly is more important than your own health? Do your work now and don't worry about it later. Optimize for your vitamin D levels. My gosh, in my practice, I see people who have the vitamin D levels as low as... Actually, I have started seeing single-digit vitamin D level. That's dangerously high. And you should not look at the lab range of maximum... Uh, 34. So if it's 34, you're good. It's not. It should be 65 or higher units. So um, um, I mean, don't get sucked into the lab range. I've done a whole podcast on the subject of um, blood work reports. So listen to it. It's valuable. Another great thing that a lot of people are uh, low on is magnesium. Magnesium supplements lead to improvements in mild to moderate depression in adults with beneficial effects that start occurring within two weeks of treatment. And then B levels, important, super important. I talked to you about uh, folate. They're commonly seen at low levels with depression. And when they start taking them, there's an improvement. Then there are um, balancing, mind-balancing exercises like mindfulness meditation and EFT. Uh, On my website, I have done a whole thing on EFT. I'll make sure I put the links here. In a study of 30 moderately to severe depressed college students, the depressed students were given four 90-minute EFT sessions. And students who received EFT showed significantly less depression than the control group and evaluated three weeks later. So EFT is like emotional tapping. That's what I can just, I mean, I don't want to make this into an EFT session, but EFT is emotional tapping. So it has to do with, um, if I were to give you like a brief description of it, EFT has to do with um Regardless of the cause of the emotional hiccup or incident, or whatever is bothering you, uh, you know, talk therapy is fantastic, and it tries to you know allow you to vent and get the get the issue out, and perhaps and um, discuss logically what needs to be how you need to think. EFT disregards all of that, not because it's not important, but it says regardless of what the incident is, these incidents end up causing blockages in your energy flow, and those blockages have manifestations, depression being one of them. So then you have a systematic approach of tapping on these blocked energy points to release them, and that's that. Cognitive behavioral therapy works as well as antidepressants and actually may reduce your risk of relapse after it's stopped. And then you always want to limit sugar. Men consuming more than 67 grams of sugar per day were 23% more likely to develop anxiety or depression over the course of five years than those whose sugar consumption was less than 40% per day. Depression doesn't come overnight and doesn't go away overnight. If something is worth being sad about, it's okay to be sad about it. So don't start taking antidepressants or calling yourself depressed when, let's say, you break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend or um, you know, death in the family, these are all sad occasions. So, implement the natural solutions. Once again, those natural sol- solutions are, and I'm going to go back to my list here that I have, uh, it was exercise. Exercise was one of those things that you want to do. Vitamin. Uh, Uh, B, magnesium, light therapy, omega-3 fats, vitamin D level, EFT, cognitive behavioral therapy, and limiting sugar consumption. These are all the natural alternatives to that. When you exercise, it actually releases certain hormones that will be Impacting your depressed level of uh, serotonin. So, those are the things to do. Remember, I quoted you the things from um, uh, famous resources that clearly show the whole chemical imbalance theory is simply theory that was blown out of proportion by the media. We don't need to go there with what that, why that is. I think it's pretty obvious. And the whole SSRI thing is just working on the transmitters, not the neurons, which is important. That's amazing. That's amazing how this has gotten to this level. Anyway, thank you for listening to this podcast. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. And until the next time, take care of yourself.